Welcome back to Ranking Things with Levi. I am Levi. Uh, basically, took a break during the holidays of posting or actually doing any interviews at all. I've promised myself to never stress about this show, so there are no deadlines. It's it's a uh, it, it's not something I want to worry about. There's a lot of other stuff going on, but I'm still very excited about this episode and other episodes I have coming up. I do have an interview now in the can as well, so uh, hopefully uh, I'll get better at getting these up. Uh, tonight it's Weird Countries with Sam Turner. This was a blast. When I started the show, I didn't expect, when I started the whole podcast, I mean, I didn't expect to have any geography episodes, but uh, but that's how it worked out on this one. And this is a heavy geography episode. When I started the interview, I didn't, I didn't expect to spend as much time on Google Maps uh, mid-conversation as we did. So if you're listening to this at a computer, you'll enjoy, I would think, Googling along with us. Uh, looking at Google Maps and Wikipedia, but I think it holds up just fine otherwise if you're just walking around. Sam is hilarious and very interesting. I learned about rare birds, geopolitics, and legendary island kings, so it's a packed conversation. Thank you again for listening. Love any feedback you have. I'm still pretty bad at this and want to get better, so hit me up with any thoughts at all. Uh, Like I said, more episodes coming soon. For now, here is Weird Countries. Today we are making five weird countries with Sam Turner. Sam is a self-published rapper, a world traveler, a podcaster, <laughs> a philanthropist, a generally very interesting person. The next geographical map he dislikes will be the first. Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. So a reason we're doing we're doing five weird countries. A reason I was interested in doing this is. Well, you, you you talked about on your own podcast, which is Studio Six Hundred Three. How do you what's yep. the you sing it you sing it though on the start? How do you sing it? It goes. Yeah. Uh, we kind of do the little intro with uh, men walking on space, and we go, "Welcome back to Studio Six Hundred Three. Right, that like yeah. that. You mentioned on that yep. show that you actually spend time on Google Maps just for fun. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. I genuinely enjoy, I've got a huge map in my bedroom. I really enjoy just staring at maps for a while, every night. It's like a relaxing time. Is there something about that, like, to, uh, do you have any theories as to why you find that relaxing or enjoyable? Um, it, it kind of evolves all the time, and I go through uh, different phases. Uh, like right now, I'm looking at river systems in Australia. Okay. Just, uh, just for fun. I don't know how it started. Uh, it kind of started with just, I really want to travel the world. So I started looking at Google Maps. It was so accessible. And then all of a sudden, it just started snowballing into, I'm going to look at hard borders compared to like soft borders. I'm going to look at natural borders. And so it's just essentially snowballed. And each week I'm trying to look at different things. Something I do, which I think is a little similar, is I check air travel prices like at least daily, sorry, at least every other day. Not every day, but 50% of the days I will check like a random, like I literally looked at Barcelona today and like most common airports that Barcelona flies, like has flights to. Um, I can guess pretty well where people connected like if they flew from point A to point B, I've got a pretty good handle on how you got there, especially if I know the airline. Um, just a, yeah, I uh, 
I find it just really fun. It, maybe this is the same for you, but what I find about searching airline travel is I can do it for literally 30 seconds or 10 minutes. You know, yep. like it's it's not something that's not a massive time commitment. Yeah, yeah. So. And, it, and sometimes I find myself actually saying that uh, I will be like sitting on the sofa and I'll open up my phone out of boredom or habit, and the first thing my thumb goes to is Google Maps. <laughs> and I just so, open it. So because of that, we're doing five weird countries, a ranking of the five weirdest countries. Uh, we, you and I chose this topic a couple of weeks ago. Now, since then, you have kind of refined your list to specifically islands, odd, strange islands, right? You had a, uh, yeah. you said the five top islands you can talk about at a party and not sound too snobbish. Was that your phrase? What, uh, you I was, I was, I was kind of going for five top islands to talk about at a party to seem cultured and that you totally didn't rip them off BuzzFeed. Oh, okay, okay. So that's your that's your list. Five <laughs> top islands that you can talk about at a party to seem cultured and that you didn't rip them off BuzzFeed. My yeah. list, my, your list is that. Mine is five weird countries. A couple of them are islands, so we may have some crossover, uh, but maybe not. Um, so let's let's jump into it. Uh, weird countries. Uh, Top five, what is your, or islands, countries or islands or island nations, uh, top five, what is your number five? Okay, my number five is a strange little place called Rockall Island, R-O-C-K-A-L-L Island. Okay. Um, it's administrated by Scotland, but uh, it's owned by the United Kingdom. So basically what it is is just this uninhabitable, uninhabitable granite uh, island. And it's mm-hmm. basically just like located um, off the United Kingdom. Uh, so it is situated in the uh, North Atlantic Ocean. Um, but it, it's basically about, I think, um, in front of me in the notes, it says it's 301 kilometers, which is 187 miles west of Scotland. Um, and it's about 263 miles northwest of Ireland. So it's pretty out there. Um in terms of like territory or uh, things owned by the UK or mainland UK, um, it's just this tiny, strange, um, incorporated island. Uh, I kind of was reading somewhere that basically Britain claimed it for uh, not to inhabit the island, but essentially just to claim the territorial waters around it. I think it extends about 12 miles. So there's okay. some things to do with like the exclusive economic zone. Um, so essentially, it's just, just uh, there's been a few like shipwrecks, um, and there's like a few uh, poems written about the uh, island. But it's tiny. Uh, people have tried living on it. I think the longest I was reading someone lived on the island was about 40 days. But they said that more men have been on the moon than have landed on Rockall Island. Oh, so wow. That's my num- yeah, that's my number five. Check it out. It's uh, quite a number. I'm actually I'm, I'm trying to search it, and I can't okay. find it. I it's showing on like it's showing a result on Google Maps, but I can't see. It's just in exactly, the ocean, and there's yeah. no island, so I, you can't be do found. You know what? I have um, normally if I'm struggling to find stuff on Google Maps, I normally uh, put it straight into. Uh, satellite imaging um and i was actually looking at for it the other day and i struggled to find it 
I think it's just, I'm pretty sure. Um, That's okay. I'm, I'm, I believe you. There's pictures of it. Oh, there it is. Okay. You're right. Satellite helps. Satellite yeah, satellite. Helps. It's, uh, it's far out. Wow. Um, yeah. Fascinating. It is uh, like the satellite shows that it's on a, uh, a geographic, an underwater ridge. So that that it makes sense that there's an island there. It's fascinating. Rock it's solid. volcanic. Yep. It's volcanic. It's a volcanic. So more, more people have landed on the moon than on Rockall Island. Rockall also could be an okay band name. You know, Rockall, like maybe two words. Mm, yeah, Rockall. Uh, yeah, Rockall. Decent yeah. band name or like opening track to your album, maybe. I like um, it. Maybe we could live on Rocco Island and break the 40 days, 41 we days. We could. Yeah, we could. Um, you have to bring everything, right? Cause there's I mean, obviously nothing there, not even water. Uh, wouldn't be too hard. My number five is the Falkland Islands. So also an island. Oh. Um, the Fal- <laughs> we, just, the Fal- we just got politically charged. <laughs> I think the Falkland <laughs> Islands are fascinating. Besides the politics, maybe I'm, I'm going to let you talk about the politics because I didn't prepare anything, but I, I know that there's a story there. Between you know, it's a debate over uh, between the UK and Argentina. Um, but here's a fascinating statistic: the Falkland Islands, the economy of the Falkland Islands ranks as the 222nd largest out of the 229 in the world by GDP, but is fifth worldwide by GDP per capita. Mm. Okay, so the population now, and, and for, if you don't know, Falkland Islands are on. Uh, off the coast of Argentina, but but not close. I don't. I, how? I, what's the distance between uh, Argentina and the Falkland Islands? I, I don't know that. Uh, no, so I, yeah. They're most they're most famously, in my opinion, for being a place that you can go uh, in the board game Risk. Um, so yeah, uh, they're <laughs> off, off Argentina. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, why don't you talk about what what was your first reaction? Um, you know, with the political um, uh, controversy between the UK and Argentina, or the I think, um, I think it's, it's, it's like pretty politically charged. Um, I think less so, definitely, with my generation. Um, mm. But it was like a pretty big thing in terms of my dad's generation because the okay. war, the war uh, is like, I'd say, uh, not fresh. Um, but it was like I think the war was early eighties um that I, the Argentinians I believe wanted to reassert claim on the island. They've always claimed it as their own territory. I don't think it's that far off actually Argentina. Um but growing up, the generation above me always spoke about it a lot and I think there was some resentment there. I think nowadays most of the issues are arising from and obviously I'm not like a professional or anything but uh, i think they're assuming like fishing rights and right right there's like oil i think they've found oil around there so i think maybe now it's more of a um rather than like a nationalistic uh claim it's more of a economical claim maybe yeah Um, yeah because they like i said they have a decent um uh economy there fishing rights is important they also produce wool, but uh, but the biggest yeah. thing is actually just um, uh, ship uh, resupplying. So that's a, that's yep. their, that's their that's their biggest uh, 
uh, industry. They, um, I also found it interesting, I, when I Googled it initially, there was an article that popped up that the Falkland Islands have chosen not to be a member of SIDS, which is the Small Island Develop- Developing States Group, which is massive. Okay. It, it, it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of uh, small islands. I'm sure we'll list some more, but the Maldives, Mauritius, Samoa, Palau, Montserrat, Suriname, all over the world in all the oceans. Um, and, uh, and the Falkland Islands chose not to be a member. They figure they're, they're good. So I thought that was fine. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Not we're good. Not, not worried about it. We've got the uh, UK still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your number four? My number four. I I liked your Falkland Islands, by the way. Um, my number four is. So I moved to Canada and I'm looking around and I'm hanging out, and one day someone tells me about this strange island called Saint Pierre and Miquelon or something like that. I may have okay. butchered the French there. So basically, off the island, uh, the Atlantic uh, side, so east side of Canada, off um, Newfoundland, 25 kilometers to 16 miles from Newfoundland, there's this self-governing overseas uh, French territory uh, owned by the French, purely it's, it's French, right okay. off Canada. And it just totally took me... It just makes me laugh every time I look at it. Can, it's, can you, spell, you spell the name again? I can't find it. So Saint P I E R R E. Okay. And M I Q E L O N. I think it's Saint Pierre Miquelon or something like that. Okay. All right. So um, so the population I think is about six thousand, um, and is it's just this. It's, it's, it. just it's, a, it's, it's basically attached to Newfoundland, essentially. I mean, it's, it's an island. Essentially, yeah. It's so close, 16 miles. Um, you can catch a ferry there, go on holiday there. I think that um, I was reading somewhere that uh, they get their health care in Canada, and I think the the French government foots the bill. Uh, they have... how, how, how are they their own country? What's the point of that? Okay. Funny. So I, I'm going to butcher this because I'm not a historian um, and I, I'm not going to read too well from the prompts, but I think basically what it is, it's a part of New France. So it's the, like uh. the last remaining territory of New France. And I think what it is, um, is there may have been some uh, paperwork or whatever um I don't know, towards, I think I was reading somewhere like the Napoleon, uh, some agreement, because I think the British or the English used to invade it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, essentially, it, it was like French and English, English and French, whatever. Um, so I think it started, I'm just reading here, I just Googled it. Um, it looks like the French took it back in 1816. Um, so it's always since then, it's probably been in French hands, and I think essentially some form of a peace deal or whatever arose from it. I um, wonder with the Quebec, with the Quebec, um, you know, uh, uh, nationalization, if they discuss that, like, like if if Quebec was to become its own country, like they like they sometimes get close to doing, if they would just pick up this island as well, um, <laughs> because like, you know, they'd be close enough there. Yeah, uh, I. I 
like on gut instinct, I would say they probably wouldn't. I feel like Quebec would be just a standalone. Like Saint Pierre Mickeon is just it's such a funny <laughs> island that has thrived, it seems like, for like the last two hundred years. Saint Pierre people's not too small. Like that's a decent. I mean, that's, that's a. Oh, it's a decent size, and I'm sure they're very. I mean, obviously, I'm not speaking for them, but um, they get like <laughs> they, ha- they have a good uh, regular visitors. Like a lot, I think a lot of Canadians visit. They have mm. a good. Uh, they have a good setup. I think they're happy being having the identity that they have because they're self-governing as well. I mean, they're they're a territory of France, but I think they have a lot of autonomy. Uh, I would be if. In a different world or parallel universe or whatever, this happened. I'd be very surprised if if uh, Saint Pierre would be amalgamated into uh, Quebec. There's a uh, there's a really funny map on the Wikipedia article of the exclusive economic zone of Saint Pierre Miquelon, where it's okay. like uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop it in your messenger, but um, it's like a uh, it's just a straight line down for like for like a couple thousand miles. <laughs> um, it's anyways, uh, very funny. Never, never, ever heard of this one. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see the humor. Um, okay, so that's your number four. My number four is also an island, so we're still sticking to islands. Uh, Greenland. Uh, Greenland. Yeah, Greenland. Fifty-six thousand people. And what I just learned, I learned this when we went to Iceland, that Greenland is actually a part of Denmark. So, um, and it makes Denmark the 12th largest country in the world. Wow, that is a cool fact. So, because Greenland is is uh, is one of their territories, um, it's part no, it, they call it part of the Danish kingdom. Um, and have you looked at Nuke, the city Nuuk before? N U U K. That's the capital of Greenland. Um, okay. And what I don't understand is I've flown over Greenland a couple times, and you see it, and Nuke is like this normal city. Like, everyone in Greenland lives there. It's all whaling and fishing. That's their business, kind of like Iceland. And it looks like a beautiful place. Like, I, I don't want to go there. I, the, old apart- yeah. the old apartment buildings. And, you know, looking at... Um, looking at Greenland as a... As you were saying, it's part of the Kingdom of Denmark. Um, I think they have a, I think, I'm sorry, I think they have like a rich uh, history there as well. I think they've found some like mummies. I think I was watching a TV show once and they had found this like mummified uh, woman and her baby, and oh, they've wow. been able to find history in time there. So uh, mm. Greenland. Um, just seems like it's just like such a rich place to um, mm. visit in terms of not only uh, the scenery, but I think the people there are just um, just an amazing, uh, amazing people. Well, yeah. there. Like that's. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, we. I really enjoyed my trip to Iceland. You get you get this feeling of a uh, of a of like Vikings are real. Like it's a still it's the same kind of people. The uh, the willingness to to live in such a sparse kind of land and yeah. I think Greenland I think Greenland is even more extreme because it's way larger um just way 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 more desolate than Iceland Iceland is um Iceland's a much larger population and a much smaller you know 
territory. But yeah, just an odd place when you think about it. You see it, you see it on a map, but I just, you know, hard to understand. Super close to Canada again, and right. um, just just googling it because I didn't want to speak um, without true facts, even though the joke is I'm looking on Wikipedia right now. But the ethnic groups of Greenland is 88% Greenlandic Inuit, or Inuit, right. sorry, pardon me. Um, so, so, as I say, such a like a strange idea that Denmark owns this um, right, still, island like, or whatever. Right. Yeah, like, that could probably just um, be a standalone. I'm not too sure about its um, politics or whatever, but... Um, such such an interesting place, and the coat of arms is just a giant polar bear. Beautiful. So, I mean, what else more do you need? Is polar it's bears? Pretty, and, it's pretty inspiring. An ice ice sheet. <laughs> What's uh, your number three? My number three. Okay. Okay. So I wasn't initially going to put this as my number one. It's my all-time favorite island on the planet. Um, it's. Okay, so it's called Laysan, L-A-Y-S-A-N. But in the Hawaiian, it's a Hawaiian island. I'm going to butcher this. I think it's pronounced Kawaii. Kawaii. Um, okay. It's uh, located, um, I've got a lot of locations, so from Hon- Honolulu, it's about 808 nautical miles, which translates to 930 miles northwest of Honolulu. Uh, the reason why I love this, um, it's northwest of the Hawaiian Islands. Um, it's just one landmass, which is just so funny to me. It's, uh, <laughs> it's 1,000... It's also a donut. It, it's hilarious. It's, it, I think it's like one mile, uh, one square mile or something like that. So it's an atoll um, of sort, Um it's just the thing that gets me about this island, the reason I love this island so much is my favorite island is because it has a shallow lake in the center of it. Right. Which That's is about saying. eight feet deep or something like that, I read. Um, and what makes me laugh about it is it, this one island has such a distinct uh, geology and species. Um, so you have this like tiny island with a lake and one day I saw it and I was just like looking at it and all of a sudden I started reading on Don and like the different websites and you can go to um, uh, the uh, government's website, um, like the Hawaiian one, and you can find a lot of information about it on um, on uh, tourist websites. But basically they have uh, natural um, flora and fauna, I believe, specific to the island and what I wanted to talk about was the Laysan duck, okay, which is the, the rarest. Duck. The Laysan duck, which is the rarest duck in the world, and it's the um, it's a native bird to um, the uh, island, and the island also boasts. Um, I'm just reading from my list the Laysan finch. Okay, <laughs> which just makes me laugh so much. This tiny one square mile island or whatever it is has a lake on it. And on this lake, there's Laysan ducks specific to the <laughs> island. And every time I look at it on Google Maps, I just laugh because it's just so funny to me. 
um, I think they had some issues with like uh, people landing on the island and invasive species, uh, specifically, I think it was, I've forgotten the name of it, it was some weed, uh, and it was just choking out natural... Um, it looks like uh, the most classic like desert island ever. Like, let's say you have a plane crash and you're deserted on an island. It's this island. Yeah, I, I, I would be of all the islands with, with uh, I've selected so far, or we've spoken about Greenland, <laughs> um, uh, the Falklands. I think I would actually be happy to be stranded on Lake <laughs> with Falklands close second, because you could just lay in. I. I I think obviously they're having some issues. I think I was reading somewhere that they're they're trying to uh, stop the um, lake from disappearing because the sand gets blown into the lake, so it's gradually getting shallow, more shallow. I think. Okay. Um, but you got like ducks, um, these like finches, and I, I think I'm trying to like scan through my notes real quick. But I think they may even have like certain. Um, uh, like uh, insects that are native to the island as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I I love Laysan Island. Um, it's got, like, seals that live on it. It's got, like, I think uh, sea turtles go on it. It's just, like, a funny island to me. Fascinating. You can get there. I found a website. Um, fascinating. It has an airstrip on it. I didn't see that on the uh, yeah the, I, Google Maps. I, yep. Um, I think um, now I think the Hawaiian state government has um, essentially claimed it as a, a, a park of some kind. Yeah, like a park yeah. of some kind. Um, so, and I think okay. beforehand there was a bunch of uh, like uh, I think guano mining or something like that on the island. But mm. yeah, so. That was my that's my all time favorite island. That was my uh number three. My number three, I'm now leaving islands, uh going to Africa and it's Djibouti. Um Okay. Okay. Mostly in name alone. I think I think <laughs> I think the name the name Djibouti puts it on this list in itself. Uh okay. fine fine country generally has been peaceful uh of late. Um it's a almost entirely um, uh, uh, Islamic country. Uh, the capital of Djibouti is Djibouti. Um, okay, there you go. And uh, it's been the Djibouti Republic since, since uh, 1977. It used to be owned by the French, uh, the French Somaliland, it was called. Um, so it's mostly Somalis still. Uh, like I said, uh, uh, Arabic is spoken, Arabic and French, uh, and Djibouti. Uh, this is the best. Here's ready. Here's my punchline. Okay. The most the most common Google search is uh, for Djibouti is is Djibouti a real country? Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you start typing in Djibouti on Google, it will autocorrect to is Djibouti a real country? So that's my uh, that's my number three. The Republic of Djibouti. Um, beautiful emblem. Looks like a, looks like something off Star Trek. Uh, next to the flag on the Wikipedia article. So that, that's it. I'd love to go there on the Horn of Africa, right below um, uh, uh, Oman, Djibouti. What is your? Like yep. Yeah. There's there's definitely a joke, and I just can't figure out how to say Sheikh Djibouti in a sentence. Oh. <laughs> but 
<laughs> I'll just, just I'll just say that. What is your number two? Uh, my number two. Okay. Um, and I'm saying this in absolute respect. Um, this isn't me making fun or poking fun, but my next uh, island I chose was Vanuatu. Uh, okay. Of or Vanuatu, however you want to pronounce it. So essentially, it's in the uh, it's east of Australia. Uh, mm-hmm. It gained its independence, uh, classic colonialism from the UK and France in 1980. Um, but what I like about this island, which I think I zoomed in, yep, it's 80 islands, I think, made up of 80 islands, yep, which cover about 1,300 kilometers. But um, this this one island chain or country has 100 native dialects and languages. Wow. For a population of 300,000, 100 dialects and languages. Um, So it's a Melanesian culture. What Um, does that mean? So I think it's uh, specifically staying um, the, I wouldn't, I'm going to be very careful with my words, um, but I think it specifically relates to um, the idea, I wouldn't say it's a people, I think it's just a more of a regional term. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm getting uh, confused. Melanesian culture, uh, it means, I just Googled it, the beliefs and practices of indigenous peoples of the okay. uh, ethnogeographic group of the Pacific Islands known as okay. Uh, Melanesian. Okay. okay, so kind of right. over not right. Um Okay, one specific thing I wanted to talk about, why I put this on the list, was the Prince Philip movement. Now, we're probably going to have mostly American listeners, and I'm okay. sure not many people are too concerned with the monarchy in Britain, but Prince Philip is married to the Queen of England. Um, yeah. So basically, Prince, there's a religious group or religious sect followed by the Castum people um, on a very specific village. In a specific village, I'm going to butcher the name Yaho Hananen village mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. one island called Tana. Um, so there's about 29,000 people on the island, um, but they're the small village. So basically what it is is a cargo cult, which by definition a cargo cult is a system of belief around the expected arrival of ancestral spirits in ships, bringing cargoes of food and other goods. So this one yeah. tribe believes that Prince Philip is um, one of these like deities. Um, <laughs> because he's a consort of Queen Elizabeth II. Right. Like, mm-hmm. He's like this desi- divine being. And the, to them. Uh, it's really, the, yeah, to them, to them. Uh, so it's this really yep. kind of cool story. To you. Uh, not to, not, not <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so there's this cool story that they went on a state visit to Vanuatu, and this village came, um, some of the village members came and was watching him from a distance. And basically, they started this relationship. Um, the prince found out about these people that believed these same things and that they were there and they didn't come up and greet him or something. So basically, what happens is that they've been starting to send each other pictures. The Prince Philip started sending himself pictures to this village of the believers, and uh-huh. they would send something like a club, like a ceremonial pig like a pig killer or something like that, um, <laughs> back to him. So basically, they've got this ongoing relationship which turned from 
like this like dated being and now he's just sending them signed pictures of himself um and just on one more little note uh there's another movement on the island called the John Hassum uh, movement so basically uh it was this American World War 2 serviceman i think he was maybe stranded on the island or something but essentially you have the Prince Philip movement, but you also have the John Strum movement. Okay. Uh, he's a random American serviceman who's apparently <laughs> the TT. So that's my island number two. That is fascinating. There's um, a Christadelphian school in Vanuatu. There's some, oh, I uh, did not know that. Yeah, there's mission work done over there. Vanuatu, so, wild. Uh, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know it housed the religion for Prince Philip. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Um, have you seen the uh, the Crown on Netflix? Um, I'm not gonna lie, I haven't. Okay, you would enjoy it. Prince Prince Philip is basically the hero of that show, in my opinion. Okay, okay. He's very entertaining. Um, okay. I... My number two is Tajikistan. Have you looked at these borders over there? What what's the name the 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 uh, what what's the name of the all, all those all the stands that are under there? The Urals, Urals. Yeah, I see, I see Urals. Yeah. Yeah. Tajikistan borders China. Is it the one kind of furthest to the to the right on the map? Um, Persian language uh, and Islamic faith, but it's essentially a Russian state. It's exactly almost yeah. exactly the size of Wisconsin. Um, through the failure of communism, it's all failed cotton fields, essentially, uh, because when they were in the USSR, they were kind of mandated to grow cotton, but since uh, 1982 have, have just been doing random different agricultural exports to the rest of Asia and Russia. Here we go. Their economy is a quarter of the size of Vermont's. Hmm. And Vermont is last place in the United States. So, um, uh, you talking about that, um, uh, the Arrows, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Arrow Sea. Um, and you talking about like the cotton fields and that, um, uh, so the ROC looks like it borders Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, um, mm-hmm. and basically it's like this this sea that's kind of drying up. Right. And uh, and the issue, yeah, the issue why is I believe it was because of um, cotton. The Soviets. Um, oh, okay. I think they di- uh, started irrigating farmland with. Um, yeah, here is. Uh, Yarrow region so just, is heavily polluted. Yeah, as a as a re, as a reminder for everybody for the for the Urals or Urals I would call them, Kazakhstan's on the north, Afghanistan's on the south. Then basically in okay. between you have you have four countries: Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, and Kyrgyzstan. Those are the yep. Those are the uh, that's what we're talking about when we say the the, the Urals. And China's to the right or the uh, the uh, east, and then the uh, the Caspian Sea is to the left with Azerbaijan on the other side. Um, geographic geography for the people. Yeah, so if everyone listening, just check out the uh, ROC. Uh, it's got a really cool story. Um, just kind of uh, talking about how the, the, the sea is drying up. And I just re- recently read a article on the BBC. I think they're trying to bring it back to life again. But um, yeah, irrigation canals have caused the lake to start. Uh, disappearing and some say the soviets obviously knew it was going to happen mm. so it's, it's kind of sad the uh, whole economy i think was kind of shut down about it um 
but I think they're trying to bring it back. Um, just one more thing on that, which I think is really funny, because I was, when I was doing this, I, uh, Williamsburg, great um, gathering if anyone's interested, um, was, I was looking at like Tajikistan and that area. And if you look in Kyrgyzstan on Google Maps, I don't know if you've got it up right now. Yeah, I've got it, I've got it, yeah. Can you see the funny borders uh, to the north uh, where they have exclaves and enclaves? Um, yes. So, it's, so, I mean, there's a lot of stories behind um, these, but Tajikistan own a few of the uh, enclaves in Kyrgyzstan. Um, right. They have this little so arm that reaches out into it. Yeah, it's just a ridiculous border. I mean, why why are these all not the same country and just call them Stan? It's so yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they they, um, they all speak they all speak the same language and worship the same religion. Very confusing. Yeah, and yeah, I, you know, um, looking at these like the borders surrounded by Kyrgyzstan, which is Tajikistan in Kyrgyzstan, and um, all these confusing borders and all these isolated people. I know um, Bangladesh recently had a oh, uh, land swap with China. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, not China, India, because mm-hmm. they had a bunch of exclaves within enclaves within exclaves and enclaves. Um, and a, a random tidbit for, I don't know how true this is, but they reckon, or the idea was when the Brits were drawing out the land borders, apparently there was an mm-hmm. ink splash on the on the be, map. I, I reject that as true. There's no way. I don't know. How, I would say I don't know how true that is, <laughs> but um, I take it. If anyone else is it used to look like, yeah, it used to look like that in Bangladesh. That's true. That's funny. It is fixed up a little bit. You can see if it on, on Google Maps. Interested, or if you're interested, if you go towards um, Belgium right now okay. on Google Maps, they yeah. have, and you look at a place called. Um, I'm going to spell it because I might butcher it. It's called B A A R L E dash h e r t o g check them out that area out exclaves enclaves like what's going on oh wow yeah how, check do, that you, out. how do you find that like how did you how did you notice that the first time um just... i'm not gonna lie scouring and then i do <laughs> that and then... this is incredible <laughs> and then um, incredible. i'm gonna show you i just want to show you one more um this is um there's one funny um piece of land or parcel of land whatever you want to call it uh that is um i'm gonna probably butcher the name uh it's lilivia or something like that it's l l i v i a um l l i v i a yeah it, it and um it's just in where is this in france it is in france but it's owned by Stein. fascinating and um oh, this can't be that far this is like a, a mile yeah uh, yeah it looks at least yeah two kilometers i think around two, about, so two kilometers what, the, what was the point it must have been like a castle um, back in the day yeah I mean. so um like looking at it um and obviously, I'm not like any form of an expert, but I think there's like a lot of history in terms of like these medieval right. uh, land swaps. And I think the story behind this one is uh, some guy uh, 
I think, if I'm not getting confused, basically decided um, this town was going to, a church or something, decided it was going to stay a part of Spain or something like that, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. basically ended up being that way. But yeah, there's a bunch. You can find them everywhere, these strange... <laughs> Um, and exactly. I, I just, you, said, you said that phrase so expertly when we first started. Um, exclaves and enclaves, fascinating. Um, I just want to give you guys one more, uh, and then I promise I'll stop with the weird. <laughs> if you look um, in Morocco, uh, mm-hmm. Spain own little tips of Morocco. Um, so if you go, just type in Google um, C E U T A. Strange little parcel of land owned by Spain in Morocco. Totally Spanish. They use a the euro. Okay. Um, so and they've got another. They've got two that span across, I believe. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, just check them. Yeah, Gibraltar itself is is fascinating too. Yeah, yeah, side. Gibraltar. Yeah. Big um, issues with Brexit, I think, with them right know, now. Do you know? Do you know Gibraltar has its own uh, UEFA soccer team? That just won for the first time in 80 years. <laughs> I, love, I, I, love I love that. It's worth <laughs> look, look at it. Look at, look up uh, on your on your own time. When next time I'm going to do uh, like top five tiniest national soccer teams, then Gibraltar can be number one. But um, uh, yeah, check that out later. Okay, okay yeah, you're yeah. You're, you're, no, you're number one weirdest country. We haven't even gotten there yet. You're number one. Oh yeah, okay. build up. Yeah, um, number one. Okay. This one oh, um, that I did was uh, Clipperton Island, uh, another French one. Uh, okay, you're probably going to have to... Yeah, Clipperton. Clipperton. This island, yeah, so C-L-I-P-P-E-R-T-O-N. Okay. So I was on Google the other day, um, and I was just scouring around on the satellite image, Um and I found this like odd little like atoll, and uh-huh. I was like, "What is this strange place?" And when you asked me to be on the podcast, this was the first thing that popped into my head. Um, I'm just going to kind of like read a little bit off. It's, it's a French territory, but I just want to read off a little bit it's from. A, it's a thousand miles at least. That's just from my eyeballs. It's thousands of miles yeah. off off the coast of Mexico. Yep. And so, yeah. Go ahead. Um, so basically, I kind of wrote a little blurb down because I just thought that was my Go number one. So Clipperton is an island east of Chile in South America. Um, mm-hmm. It's regarded as an island because of a rock that stands 20 feet high. But okay. it's an, actually an atoll built on reefs. So the only reason it's regarded as an island is because of one rock you can see on Google Maps that stands 20 feet yep. high. Yep. Um, historically, the island is actually French. It now has a population of zero. However, this is where it gets interesting. It was previously inhabited by a company mining guana. Um, and like today, it's kind of famous for its algae. But um, So I might butcher this, but just bear with me. So a Mexican colony once lived on the island, um, uh-huh. and it's, it's almost like the scene of a horror movie. Um, all the men on the island kind of like died off of scurvy or something like that. Okay. Um, and there was like, I think it was a Mexican-Spanish war. These people on this island 
were forgotten about. There's like a population living on the island. Um, so like people started like starving. Um, and basically there was one man left and 12 female survivors. <laughs> and basically, basically this man said, I'm king. He, uh-huh. he claimed himself king of the island. Um, so he pronounced himself king of the island. And basically he tried planning to marry all the women. Perfect. So these women, he, he was like violent and stuff. So the women revolted and killed the sole surviving <laughs> male. So some of the men had left the island because of like, they're all getting sick because of scurvy. Real, real quick, this is a, it's also, like we said, the other one was a donut. It's a complete uh, loop of sand, essentially. Yeah. With with some vegetation. There's, I'm, I'm slipping through the Google images and there is multiple like helicopter wrecks or boat wrecks or something on it. Yep, it's boat wrecks. very, very desolate. There's definitely that big rock you said it qualifies as an island. And you said, and it has this story of that there was once a king, a single man, an, an, the only man and 12 women conspired to kill him. The, yeah, and I believe they did kill him. Um, wow. The, I think, um, yeah, there's a bunch, there's some old shipwrecks on there. I think the oldest one, I'm trying to quickly... Um, scanned through right now, but um, it was discovered in 1711, and ever since then, people have been like claiming it. It's actually named after an English uh, English pirate, John Clipperton. Um, basically, I'm just making sure I'm double checking my facts, but essentially, uh, Mexico tried to reassert their claim on it. Uh, they sent gunboats to annex it. Um, yeah, and I think they were almost like forgotten about men. Some of the men tried; uh, they were running out of like food and stuff. And some of the men got on a boat, and I think they were they perished in the sea. So the remains, some of the men remaining survivors died, and then yep. essentially this one dude who survived decided he'd be king, and there they is, killed him. I'm gonna, I'm definitely I'm saving this Wikipedia article to read later. This is amazing. Um, yeah, read it. Wikipedia throws some shade in, like, the second line. So I'm going to read it. Clipperton Island, French, Ile de Clipperton, or French, Ile de la Passion, Spanish, is an uninhabited six-square-kilometer six coral atoll in the eastern Pacific Ocean off of the coast of Central America. It's 10,677 kilometers away from Paris, France. <laughs> <laughs> like, this first line is the same. It makes no sense that this is French. It's 5,400 kilometers from Tahiti, and a thousand kilometers from Mexico. That's amazing. Um, okay, I may have got my. I'm just looking at the highest elevation. I may have got my highest elevation wrong. It looks like it's 95 <laughs> feet high. 29 meters. <laughs> 29 meters. It's okay. It's it, it's okay that we, I won't hold you to that uh, to that okay. uh, mistake I, effect. So there's my number one. Okay, my number one weirdest country in the world. Is I'm going to put in a little little um, sound here for a build up. Ready? Yep. Canada. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, no, Canada is uh, mostly that's a joke. It is very weird though. I don't understand all the territory that no one ever talks about. It's like we just ignore that it's the second largest you know uh, country by land in the world. No one else in the world drinks their milk from bags. Um, 
I mean, it, it, I know it, it, it's a joke, but that is very weird. I don't know why we're doing that. There's no, you know, Canada has a lot of very unique things. Are you America? No. Why the Queen? I don't understand just why there's not more independence or, or just, you know, pretense of independence. Confusing place, culturally, geographically. Canada, my weird, the weirdest country in the world. I like it. I, I was not expecting that. I would have put Djibouti. Um, <laughs> Number one over Canada. Um, I like it. Um, why? Uh, why don't you like milk in bags? <laughs> I'm mostly just pointing out that it's weird. <laughs> if the definition, if the definition is weird, then that's weird. Yeah, okay. it's weird. Well, that, that, yeah. that was it. That was our top five weirdest countries. To recap, my five were the from five to one: Falkland Islands, Greenland, Djibouti, Tajikistan, and Canada. Your Five were Rockwell Island, part of the UK, uh, Saint Pierre and Miquelon, number four. Number three was uh, Laysan. Um, the Hawaiian pronounces Kawaii, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number two was uh, Vanuatu, and number one was Eclipton Island, owned by France. Beautiful. That was fa- that was uh, that was hilarious. Um, Are you- we're gonna. We're going to skip parent corner, but we're going to do what are you eating lately, hot sports take and plugs. So what are you eating lately, Sam? Uh, lately, vegetarianism. Went down uh, to Williamsburg and started eating meat again and realized oh. I felt miserable eating meat again. So went back to uh, vegetarianism. So a lot of uh, homemade soup, a lot of... Uh, my favorite thing to eat with Lauren right now is vegetarian lasagna. Uh, sorry, mm. vegetarian lasagna and vegetarian um, shepherd's pie. Mm. Uh, both, yeah, both good, uh, good, uh, good dishes in the winter, especially as well. Yeah, yeah, over in Canada. Uh, what were you feeling? Uh, you, you said you ate meat uh, when you were on vacation. What, uh, what were the effects that made you happy to return to not eating meat? To be honest, this may just be in my head, but it was, I study, I love, I know they're fake, but I love boneless chicken wings. Okay. I love them. It is, it's the best thing. If I could eat them every day, I would, but um, I ate them and I started getting like really weird dreams. I couldn't sleep right. And I just had like a little pot belly wandering around mm. with like a little swollen belly everywhere. So mm. um, just felt so sluggish. So cut it right back Weird out. dream. Yeah. Uh, I've been eating carrot cake Oreos. Uh, they okay. are a, it's a glorious uh, Oreo variation that's come out. Oreo does all these weird flavors all the time, and we have actually, I have a coworker who buys them every single time there's a different flavor, and usually they're terrible. And this flavor is delicious, and I ate them, and then they were in the lunchroom, so I went back and ate them a few times. Then... <laughs> Uh, went to the I went to the target went to the target myself and bought some have some here I'm gonna share them with some friends tomorrow the um, but I, I I was sent an article today that Oreo has already announced that it's a permanent flavor oh so in my life they just came out on Thursday and they're a permanent flavor now today is a Saturday wow. so a, a meteoric rise for the uh, carrot cake Oreos so I'm sure they've been I'm sure they were out before or whatever but. They are delicious, so I'm excited that they'll be around, hopefully for the rest of my life. Uh, um, carrot, carrot cake Oreos. 
I'm going to say, if you had the choice between a plain Oreo and a carrot cake slice, which one would you eat? A carrot cake? Oh, like an actual slice of carrot cake? That one, for yeah. sure. I'm actually okay. not generally an Oreo fan, or cookies in general. I, uh, but, um, but yeah, so carrot, carrot cake, hands down. What about you? Yeah, I'm the same as you. I'd go for the carrot cake. Are you, um, are you more of a savory type of guy? Yeah, savory. Um, yeah, I'd have another have another drink or have another slice of pizza or whatever instead of instead of dessert in most cases. And um, um, go ahead. Oh, sorry. That's uh, right. You go first. Oh, I was just going to move on to uh, hot sports takes. What? You, oh, you have, you have a oh, hot yeah. sports take. All right, hot sports take. Uh, today is. Uh, Saturday, I've forgotten the date, but whatever. Um, the Chiefs, the Kansas Chiefs, which is mm-hmm. an American football team, yep. beat um, the Colts. Glorious. That's a lot. <laughs> I, I know this because Matt Dravenstott was uh, giving me a word for word of the play that was happening. Mm. So and that's, bit, that's my thought. It's a big deal, actually. The uh, the Chiefs have been pretty cursed, actually, of playoff games. I just heard it today. They have lost the last six playoff games at home. They were at home today in mm-hmm. Kansas City. And the last time they won was, like, in the early 90s, like 1994. Wow. So it was a big game. Fingers crossed. I, uh, I adopt, adopt everything Kansas City for sports in North America. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you, you can wait and see. Um, depends on how the games. Oh no, no. That, no matter what, they're they're hosting another game next week. Whoever wins, it'll either be uh, New England or or uh, the Chargers. I guess that we're play, okay. playing them next week. We'll find out tomorrow. My hot sports take is I'm very excited about in the Premier League tomorrow. Tottenham is playing Manchester United. And oh yeah. Manchester United a little better since they fired. Um, uh, Jose Mourinho, uh, but still hoping that Tottenham smashes them tomorrow. We have beaten them. We've been playing them pretty well recently, so excited about that. So I guess my hot take is Tottenham is the best, but no, no, we're third, 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 third in the league, third in the league, uh, and we need to get wins like this to stick around. So that's my hot take. And do you have anything to plug tonight? I, I, I'll, I'll say for you, you have a, you have a podcast, Studio Six Zero Three which is a great yep. show if anyone wants to go on and listen to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have one thing to plug. Uh, there's a camp up in Canada. Uh, if you want to come and experience milk in bags, um, it is <laughs> Camp Jubilee. Uh, so if you go to the website, campjubileeinfo.com, uh, sorry, .ca, uh, you can check out Camp Jubilee. We need uh, counselors and also we need campers. So check it out. Um, take a look and um, see if it tickles your fancy. Awesome. I'm going to plug um, exercising. <laughs> Everyone should exercise more. In January, <laughs> get get on to your, uh, to your New Year's resolutions. Uh, I got a... Yeah, especially after that. I got a, uh, um, a, uh, a jogging stroller, so now I take Pippa out on a jog in the, uh, in the jogging stroller, and it's been a huge help. Uh, no. you know, it's, I feel, I don't feel like a deadbeat father when I just leave her and, and Jess alone. And just her, <laughs> her now I'm being super responsible. So that's great. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, yeah. So that's it. Exercise. Everyone should do it. Um, that's it. 
unless you got anything else. Um, thanks for thanks for joining me tonight. Any other final thoughts on uh, weird uh, countries or anything yeah. else? Yeah, I have a, a final thought. I thought I would uh, share with you is um, I just want to finish by quoting a guy called George Bernard Shaw. Okay. He said, "On the last day of creation." God desired to crown his work and thus created the Koronati Islands out of tears, stars, and breath. Um, I just wanted to say that I agree with George, um, but I don't think it just applies to um, the uh, Koronati Islands. I think it applies to every island.